Hello, everyone. Thank you once again for tuning in to the Funny Business Podcast. If it's your first time, hopefully you enjoy it. The goal of this podcast is just to bring some fun for you guys. If you're a joining listener, thanks for tuning in once again. My name is Matt, one of the co-hosts. Alongside with me is my best friend, my roommate for life, Mike. Mike, we're already on to episode 11. Yes, certainly, Matt. We did sign our contract saying that we would at least do another 10. Uh I'm excited to, to continue this wonderful journey with you, man, as, as a best friend and, and also as a podcast host. But um, we're just going to jump right into our entertainment topics for today. But before we do that, we certainly want to make uh, an addendum for our, our listeners. Last week, we, we really decided to promote, at, at least on the podcast, about a guest that was coming on today's episode. Uh, certainly, both schedules, more so ours than anything, just really didn't fit. And we want to give the, the guest coming on the show the time that he deserves and uh certainly we'll listen to it on episode 12 so um make sure you tune in for next week's episode of the podcast but that doesn't mean we're gonna stop and wait until the following week we're gonna keep rolling around here so the topics for today that we got are are a little interesting uh I, i have to say so myself and matt we've been seeing a lot of social media crazes and and a bunch of social media trends that are going on um some local some national um, and, and we're just going to cover a couple, uh, you know, more so two topics in the, the beginning of the day than anything. But um, the first thing that I really want to talk about today is a viral video that is happening on social media, more preferably that I've seen on Facebook and Twitter. Um, sometimes, you know, I think with us, we, we have the huge power of being able to record anything, anywhere, anytime. Well, there was an individual that um, decided to uh, record, pop out their phone and record a video at a gas station. Um, unfortunately there was a woman who was having an issue and I can't believe I'm saying this, trying to pump gas with her minivan. (laughs) And this video goes on for about four minutes. I even more, I don't even know the exact time range, but a little bit more to be like, is she okay? Is she fine? Now, granted, Matt, you and I talked about before the podcast, we're like, Hey, that happens to me all the time, but it just so happened that somebody was recording it and filming it. I I hope uh, – how do I phrase this? So people from New Jersey, they get their gas pumped for them. Yes. So unless that's the scenario, I understand that. If not, this is a bad look. Like she just kept driving around and like, why isn't the gas pump on this side? But then she would look at the actual like gas station pump. And would be like, why? What? What isn't working? Like it was, it was hysterical. I feel bad. Like the guy, like I, I don't know if he had like permission to post that. I hope he did because, like, otherwise it just kind of seems weird. But either way, all time funny video. I saw it on Burstool. There's like a two minute video, and then there's a follow up video, and she does eventually figure out how to pump the gas. But it was, it was quite uh, the entertaining video. Yeah, I, I thought it was hilarious. Just considering, you know, like I said, you and I talked about it before, like. We've made our mistakes. I mean, me getting a new car, like I've made my I've made a mistake twice already trying to find my side of the uh, the gas pump and and within the where you, you know, pump up your gas. So um, but Matt, you did share. I I, I definitely want to give you the credit. I did know about this, but you did bring it up as far as, you know, how you know which side of the gas pump is at which side of the tank is on. Matt, go ahead. What is the secret behind it in case people don't know? So for anyone who doesn't know, if you look at your gas gauge on your dashboard, uh, there's a little arrow either on the right side or the left side of the gas pump or that's on the no, on the gas gauge. That's the side that your gas tank is on. So yeah. if it's on the left side, you pull up where you're, so you pull up your left side of the car against the gas pump and you can put it in there. Yeah, I I feel like that's a sim. I find that some cars actually don't have that tick, or I guess that's the best way to describe it. They might triangle. not, but I think most of them probably do. Yeah. I So in case you are ever wondering if you get in a new car, if you're driving somebody else's car and you need to pump gas, there's a little triangle that's on the, the dashboard that allows you to know which side of the pump is, but... Hopefully you kind of figure that out if you're going for gas, like you want to pump. So I've had my car for two years and I still look at it like, wait, which side is on? Because like <laughs> after Corona happened, like I put gas in my car like twice. So like haven't been driving a whole lot. So I did forget the first time. I was like, wait, left side, right side. What do I do here? Yeah, no, it's certainly something to uh, grow and to learn from. But 
Matt, I, I honestly kind of wanted to talk about things that, that everyone should learn before, and I put it this way, before trying out the real world. <laughs> because I feel like there's a lot of things that, that we do as humans that sometimes we, A, don't get enough education in that sense. It's more street smarts than book smarts, if I'm being honest. Um, things that kind of bring you to kind of human society as far as that. So kind of want to have a quick discussion really quick of some things that you should learn before trying out the real world. So Matt, I'm going to throw to you with the first, at least lesson or thing you should know how to do. So I don't know how to really do this, but I know enough that I could get away with it. You got to learn how to cook. Even if it's just simple, like you do the same three, like a day after the day after day, you got to learn how to cook at some point because when you get older, you're going to need to learn maybe not how to cook extravagant extravagant dinners, but you're going to need to step up your cooking game at some point because you can't just eat Hot Pockets and devour (laughs) meals all the time. Even though devour devour meals are absolutely delicious. Oh, that, that's fantastic. <laughs> and you know, fun. if you're ever living in a townhouse with like six people and you want to make some cookies, you got to make sure you don't, you know, set off the fire alarm, right? Oh, you're a jackass. <laughs> Listen, that oven didn't work the way that it intended on, okay? <laughs> yeah, well, you can keep going with that. Uh-huh, yeah, okay. But even so, like, for me going into an apartment by myself now, like, I have to find stuff to to make. And what even is it more challenging is not actually like getting tired of said meal. Like, you know, I, I think for me, my favorite meal of all time is buffalo chicken. Like there, there's nothing to go against buffalo chicken, but having it every single night, like it really sometimes I'm like, man, like, I don't know if I want it. I really should have something else. But my sweet girlfriend Jenna has been helping me out along the way. I made this really spicy chicken with um it's like almost like I kind of like subtracted some of the ingredients, but it I had like chicken with like cayenne pepper and you know a bunch of other ingredients, you know, cayenne for the spice, but um and some green peppers and I made kind of like a, a fajita like you know, kind of like mix that I'm able to put in like a tortilla and uh eat it alongside of that. So um but yeah, we we keep growing and and you know, it's it's nice when you have a girlfriend that knows how to cook and knows how to make delicious stuff because then that kind of just transitions into you doing the stuff even though you don't have the motivation to do so sometimes. But yeah, you got a, you got a good do. teacher. Got a great teacher. Jenna, I love you. Thank you. <laughs> Another thing Matt that I've been finding people not understanding and not knowing about is actually how to write a check. Some people actually don't know how to write a check as far as what do I put on the first line? What do I put on this line? And like to me, I learned that in middle school when I learned how to write a check. Now, I don't write checks as often as I do because just the distance between where the bank I actually go to um, versus where I actually live now, just the distance between it. Like I didn't sign up for checks. In order for me to go to checks, I have to drive an hour and a half up north in order for me to get the checks. So... (laughs) Um, I feel like writing a check is another thing that people should learn how to do. I agree. That's something that I still struggle with. Anything with the bank, honestly, like making a deposit or like I had to go to the drive-thru at the bank. I had no idea what I was supposed to do. There's there's like some tube that like apparently you like put the check in and then it goes to them and they put it in and they send you a receipt. Like I had no idea what I was doing. I was totally lost. But yes, anything bank-related, money-related, you definitely need to learn before you get on your own. Because it could be very overwhelming. Yeah. I think another one, too, on top of the bank, just to kind of add a little bit more, is learning how to work with a credit card. Um, Yes. Because there's always this cartoon. uh, Well, I wouldn't say it's always this cartoon, but um, Goofy. Goofy had a little short on getting a credit card for the first time, and he kept saying, charge it, charge it, charge it. (laughs) Didn't realize that. It's not unlimited money. (laughs) And I'm not saying to that extreme, people don't think that like, you know, credit card is unlimited money, but God, I feel like an adult talking about this, but building a credit score, you know, working with payments, working with those, you know, late charges, being on time, it kind of helps you out in the long run with your credit score. I cannot, this literally turned into adult podcast instead of an entertainment portion, but it just helps. It helps everybody out. It helps everybody out. Well, it's Um, a good, 
it's a good PSA for people not to charge like $200 on a Thursday night to your credit card bill because you will have to pay that at some point. So just be careful with your charges. Well, it might seem like a great idea. Like, oh, yeah, I got the card. Like, drinks on just me tonight. put it on the card. It's, it's, it's going to catch up to you. <laughs> it's going to catch up to you at some point. Not that we've learned from experience, but we know others who have learned from experience. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Matt, any any other uh, tips or tricks? I know we kind of kept it short, but but anything else to, to kind of learn from as far as uh, adulting? Maybe like how to properly clean, because I feel like some people don't know how to properly clean like a house or like their room or even the toilet. Like no one likes cleaning the toilet, but, you know, just it's a simple thing that pe- seems easy enough, but not everybody knows how to do. Yeah, I, I've come to find out living in an apartment by myself, like learning how to vacuum. Well, I wouldn't say learning how to vacuum, but like vacuuming entirely your apartment because you're responsible for the whole entire thing. So, you know, making sure that's clean and, you know, we're in this whole COVID thing. We're still in somewhat quarantine recording of the podcast. Yeah, probably, I would say, well, half rec- half, half recording and podcast. Recording the po- yes. we're, we're half recording the podcast? <laughs> well, we're half, half of us are in quarantine, half of us aren't. Yes. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> but like cleaning surfaces, like making sure that you clean the oven top, like the stove top, I should say stove top. If you are able to, um, you know, cleaning your dishes, especially like biggest pet peeve of mine living with people was people leaving their dishes in the, the sink. And like it was gross sometimes as far as leaving stuff in the sink, like just do your part, man. Like you live with a bunch of other people. They're not your family. Like. Clean it, clean up after yourself, man. Like really, right. seriously. Yep. Like, don't be a jerk. Don't be a jerk. Literally, it's, don't it's be a Christmas. jerk. Sure. <laughs> the, Spongebob, the, the, the SpongeBob song. Oh uh, yes. Yeah, don't uh. be a jerk. <laughs> I can't believe I can't believe I actually said that, but um, yeah. So get a credit card, clean your apartment, learn. Don't to cook. spend it all on alcohol. Don't spend it all on alcohol. <laughs> But yeah, a little uh, dad dad talk one hundred and one from your two favorite dads. Uh, we're not a caller daddy podcast whatsoever. No. So, <laughs> but we're gonna move on to the next topic. Um, recently, Matt, you and I both witnessed um, somebody who was very familiar. Somebody, another famous individual. Uh, maybe we'll try to get him on the podcast someday. I doubt it, but... That'd be be a wild interview. Pretty dope. (laughs) That would be dope. Um, (laughs) So for those who don't know, um, Barstool Sports is originally... Matt, you're probably going to have to jump in here since it's kind of related to sports, but started out as a sports entertainment newspaper. So he he originally started it as a newspaper in Boston, in Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. And then they just kind of grew, grew more and more. Um, and then now they're kind of just like a sports entertainment media company. Um, they have, you know, some people that work for them in Chicago. And a few years ago, they got the main office in New York. And they've just, they've blown up. Like, oh my God. they don't care what anyone thinks about them. They're just going to do their own thing. And they just keep climbing up and up and up the ladder. It's really yeah. interesting. So the he that Matt was referring to, ladies and gentlemen, is the guy by the name of Dave Portnoy. Um, some people call him El Prez, El Presidente, President. There's a couple of other names that we'll call, but we won't mention it on the show. Uh, he does a review, which is One Bite. That's that's the official name, right, Matt? That's the official name, One yep, Bite? One, one Bite so, Review. One, bu- one Bite Review. And what it is, is he goes, it's now based in New York now. Is that correct? Yep. The Barstool headquarters. So yep. um, goes to New York, goes around New York because New York is famously known for their pizza and does One Bite. And he rates every pizza with a one bite now of course it kind of kind of stretches it a little bit a little bit one bite turns into like most of a slice (laughs) it's electric either way so he actually managed to drive nine hours he did mention that in the video um to i'm gonna just relatively call it local he was local in our area um tried the pizza capital of the world old forge not too long ago but now he's made a visit back to Wilkes-Barre. Um, Wilkes-Barre is about 40, 35 to 40 minutes away from Scranton, for those who don't know um, Scranton from The Office, which I hate referring to that. Um, <laughs> uh, but he was at one of our local pizza shops, 
and gave it a decent review, an 8.1. Um, Dave never rates it on a flat scale. It's always a point something. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes it easier to rate it on a point scale just so he can keep track. He also has an app, the uh, One Byte app, where people can go on and they can see if, like, the, in the local area. So, like, if you go to New York City, you can see, like, his past reviews and, like, what he gave, what uh, shop. And it's it's become this huge event. Like, he does, like, three or four reviews a day. Now, he'll space them out. He'll only post one a yeah. day. But he's done thousands of reviews. There's people that, like, call him and will, like, send him pizza. or like, please come review our pizza. And he goes. Like, he's the man of the people. And he just, you know, it's it's just so interesting to see how people have, like, a fascination of this guy just trying pizza. And I'm not saying he's totally ripped, but he still has a figure for him that doesn't look like he's eating pizza every day. Yeah, no, he's in shape. He's. I, I give him credit because I can't do that. No, <laughs> we can't. But um, speaking of doing uh, said reviews, Matt, I kind of wanted to talk about what are possibly some things that we should review, um, whether that's together or, or separate from each other. So um, it could literally be anything, anything you're passionate about. So, Matt, if you were able to review something like Dave Portnoy for One Bite, what would you do? So I don't think I would do food. What I think I would do would be different kinds of sneakers. Because sneakers, okay. sneakers is a big industry. Like People love their sneakers, and I, I'm a big sneaker guy myself. Like I usually have like four or five pair that I wear like regularly. And then when one gets old, I'll just buy a new pair, even if I don't need it. Like I just rotate through sneakers constantly. Can and we, I, can we talk about the fact of, I know you're probably moving on to this, but can we talk about the fact of your SpongeBob edition sneakers? Yes, I do. Yes. Uh, Nike came out with uh Kyrie fives or I believe they were uh SpongeBob edition. And I got the Squidward pair, which again shows my, my shoe yeah. addiction. Uh, but I would just, you know, try it on a size that I like review, you know, if it's tight, if it's loose, like how much room my toes have, like I look style. Like I think there's a lot you could put into it. You got shoe game. <laughs> uh, I got shoe game. I got shoe game. <laughs> I never realized how much you appreciate. I don't, I guess appreciates the best word. Appreciate shoes. Like I never realized that as being your best friend, like the amount of shoes that you had with the exception of like how many, how many pairs of shoes do you actually have? Uh, right now, like sneakers or like shoes. All together. Let's just put them all together. Uh, all together. Um, I'm going to say like, I don't know, 10 to 12. My God. Most of them are sneakers. I have two pairs of Sperry's and then like some dress shoes and stuff. Now, I don't, all of the sneakers I have, I don't wear all of them. Some of them I wear in case like it's going to be a crappy day outside and I just want to wear a pair of sneakers I'll throw them on. But yeah, that's probably 10 to 12. I have like three. Yeah. <laughs> no, I have a problem. Uh, I wouldn't say it's a problem. It's I mean, problem. I know I know people that have like hundreds of pairs of shoes, so I don't have that much of a problem. But if I had to pick something I was like an expert in, I'd probably pick re- reviewing shoes. It's more of a fashion, my friend. <laughs> yes, which I pretend I have. Yeah, you got you got some fashion, dude. I like. I'm like That's me. Yeah, it's a little too kind. <laughs> what about you? What's the one thing that you could review on a national level? I feel like it would be too competitive, but I feel like for my talent and for my background, I feel like it would be totally not not impossible for me to review tech. Like just the amount of like camera gear that I own and, you know, the amount of technology that I bring, like it's just that simple fact that like I love watching tech reviews because that is 90% how I make my decision is watching a YouTube video before I actually purchase the item. So even like the recording setup I have for this podcast, like I literally reviewed the box that records our podcast in on a YouTube video, which solidified my choice of buying and purchasing a, a, a recording box, as I call it. It's a task cam for those who are really into the, the geekiness of, you know, tech. But I feel like another thing, Matt, is salsa reviews I, I, that's what i was gonna say that i thought you were going tips and salsa off the top yeah i i feel like i've tried that like i did try that at one point when we started salsa saturdays for those who remember me talking about a couple episodes ago like i feel like i tried like a couple salsas and then like people were like you should get this pe- this, this chips you should get this salsa and i'm like sure like I'll do it. Like I, I almost started the idea of like actually sitting down, like setting up a table, setting up like a camera and all that and actually doing the review. 
it just it just never came to fruition for it but it's you know me too well i feel like having some type of salsa like being like dave and going to restaurants that serve chips and salsa and rating it on a salsa scale you that would be popular like people love chips and salsa like they're gonna go to the place that has the best chips and salsa it was like, funny. Fact. It was funny because I saw a barstool video again. I think here we talked about barstool about uh, the kid that was eating chips and salsa, and it's like every time you had the first bite of chips and salsa, and the kid's literally just like oozing up the mouth as far as how delicious it is, and that's like me every bite when it comes to a, a chip and a salsa to put together. Like, <laughs> yeah, that, the first bite is always the best because you just get the initial reaction of what it actually is. Mm-hmm. Whether it's warm, whether the salsa spicy, whether it's a nice combo, like chunky, smooth. Oh, dude. Oh. Maybe I should one time. Maybe I should buy a bunch of salsa and be like, "All right, one chip. Everyone knows the rules." <laughs> I'd watch. People would yeah. watch that. Are you kidding me? I feel like. Oh, I mean, dude, thirty people on the first episode of Salsa Saturdays exactly. when they watch me watch me eating chips and salsa that time. Oh my exactly. Ay ay ay. So, um, yeah, I feel like. So here's the thing. What would we review together? Um, I think we could do chips and salsa together. You think? I think so, yeah. Because that way people get the expert opinion from you and then the semi-expert opinion from me. What about alcohol? I think that's different because that's some people have a, an acquired taste for some alcohols and some people don't. I feel like you, we could more do chips and salsa because i feel like you either like salsa or you don't like yeah. there's not many i feel like more people would could relate to chips and salsa because there's people out there that don't drink alcohol i think a lot of people would at least try salsa yeah i mean like beer like there's so many beers that we could choose from and like some people just have an acquired taste like whether it's ipas or sours or you know um yeah see here's my here's my language knowing about beer um pilsner beers uh yeah Anything, yeah, anything, any, any type of beer, yeah. <laughs> so, I, yeah, no, dude, definitely chips and salsa would be kind of a thing that be for sick. that. Oh my god, what about specialty drinks? Like, I feel like for us, like we were to view, I'm throwing out a shout out and ad that we don't sponsor, not sponsored with us. Like, let's say we went to CK's and get like a frozen margarita and review the frozen margarita, and then we go to like cool. TG, TGIF, TG. TG, excuse me, TGI Fridays. It's like I already had a CK's margarita before we started this podcast. <laughs> had a, uh, you know, TG, TGI Fridays. Oh, my God. <laughs> like having their specialty drinks and being like, all right, like now we're here this cotton candy drink. Like because there, there's one that exists, ladies and gentlemen. And if you're 21, it's a good drink. Uh, <laughs> but like just going around rating like mixed drinks or like special drinks and like CKs and margaritas are kind of a thing. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. Like doing like a specialty, whether it's like a dish or a drink, just whatever the restaurant's like known for. That'd be a cool one. Yeah. And, and I feel like that can kind of go against the, uh, go with the originality. Like we're not literally just sitting there drinking beer and just saying, oh, this is, you know, this is a Miller Lite and uh, it's a great beer. I mean, it's fantastic beer, but you know, yes. I'm rating this like a nine out of 10. Like, right. you know, I feel like there's more of a twist to it than anything. Uh, absolutely. So. Yeah. But so if you feel like we should do something other than this podcast, we do live stream. Uh, please let us know in our social media as far as uh, if you're willing to watch some other things that we'd be interested in talking about or seeing about. So uh, we'll, we'll, at, we'll try anything at least once. Absolutely. Follow us on social media at funny business en on Twitter and funny business entertainment on both Facebook and Instagram. Matt, Final topic for today. I got really heated when I proposed this idea to you, and I feel like we're going to talk about it for quite some time. I'm ready. So, Matt and I are in a generation right now that started with something. And then there's another one that we're kind of in the midst of. Uh, Not sure if it's just from our generation or if it's just growing ever so popular as far as that. Um, the first one that I was talking about was promposals, and the second one that I was talking about was gender reveals. Um, I'm just going to go off as far as my take on, you know, we're on another take it segment. Um, go off, um, King. Yeah, go off, King. <laughs> go off, Mike. <laughs> promposals are ridiculous. They shouldn't exist. 
they are way too much work into a high school person that you probably will never ever see again and it's just it's way too much effort that's a hot take i like some prom proposals can go over the top but like at the in the time like it's a nice thing to do now again if you do like if you spend like a thousand dollars on your proposal you need to reevaluate your life (laughs) but if you spend like 20 30 bucks during a prom proposal like i don't see a huge issue with that because like it is like going to prom is a special moment for a high school senior yeah i guess i had a bad experience with my prom this is why i'm kind of like saying like yeah i mean i i didn't do a prom proposal either but that's because i'm prom i did why do you sound why is that why why are you so surprised that i went to prom wow just came out my life at that one what are you doing (laughs) wow i see how it is i'm not cool enough to go to prom prom all right Uh uh-huh all right (laughs) jerk yeah back at you with the cooking (laughs) that was at least funny that was rude oh my god oh yeah okay (laughs) anyway at least you didn't go to prom with your girlfriend that broke up with you the week before that's fair that's a fair point and you still had to go you had no choice that's yeah i can't uh, yeah i I don't want to put myself in those shoes i really hope she's not listening to this podcast because (laughs) it's gonna be really awkward after this (laughs) but yeah like again if you spend a little bit of money on a proposal like it can be a nice thing the girl will remember it if you remain friends afterwards or if you end up getting married it's a nice story i feel like i i've seen way too many like you know dance routines and very expensive purchases and some of them go over the top yeah like i'm okay with a nice if it was me i was back in high school again let's say jenna and i are going to prom that's the one thing we've never actually had a slow dance with each other yet we've been dating for for a year and now five months (laughs) i don't she she was going she's uh telling me that um i was wrong with the dates and i'm like no i wasn't i was right (laughs) um that going back to prom i feel like it would be a nice letter with flowers and like just something that that's tailored to her i think too many times people get really caught up in the whole pizzazz that's a word pizzazz i I think some people just do it for the clout they don't yeah. do it for the reason of asking someone to go to prom with them, because you'll just see everybody's recording, and it's like, what's the what's the main deal here? You're asking her to go to prom, or do you want to get views on Facebook and Twitter? Yeah. Like, what's going on? I do like, however, now that we're talking about views and and the virality of of things, I do like when students, not like you, students who um, get asked to go to prom, and like you would never think they would go to prom, and you know, it, it's a sweet sweet guy or girl that asks that individual yes. to go to prom that yeah. either has a disability or just isn't, you know, the popular kid, I guess I should put it that way. Absolutely. Those those are the kind of videos that you do like to see. Yeah. Now, gender Jen- reveals on the other hand. <laughs> I, I I don't they've gone too far. Like I understand it's a big deal. Like some people want to, you know, it's a big deal you're having a boy, you're having a girl. What, what like it, does, it doesn't matter. It go it's going too far. I saw there was a video on Facebook or I think it was Twitter, of a couple, they had, like, a weight, like a bar weight that you would bench. They lifted it up, they dropped the balloons down to the bottom, and they dropped the weight, and then the balloons popped open, and they found out the gender of the baby. What are we doing here, people? Do do you even lift, bruh? (laughs) Like, I can't get my head around that. Like, just stop. Like, I understand if you want to have a gender reveal, but they're getting out of hand. And every single one is, like, I can't, there's too many of them. Like, they, I just can't. I feel like there's not ever, there's not ever a time when I see, oh my goodness, like, you remember that, remember that gender reveal that on Facebook? Like, there's way too many of them that I feel like are unnecessary. Um, I even remember, like, <laughs> you get, you get all the fails and you get the super over extravagant ones. Like I think there was a one time, uh, somebody posted a video on their social media that it was a plane that went over water and the water changed to the color of the gender. It's so extra. Oh my God. So extra. Could you imagine how much the helicopter freaking cost? <laughs> like, <laughs> 
again, it goes back to the fact, like, are you doing this because you want to know if you're having a boy or a girl, or do you want to just get the clout because you're having a baby? Like, you should be excited for being a parent. You shouldn't be excited mm-hmm. because you can post a video on Facebook yeah. about yourself. And even in, on a more serious case, like, with prom, like, prom, every student kind of has that opportunity if they do decide to go. But, like, people with, you know, trying to start a family and gender reveals, like, some people just can't. And, yeah. you know, I, it hurts. Like, it would hurt me if if I was a, a trying to be mom as far as me trying to have a kid and you know there's these people that go completely robust over the top and trying to have a gender reveal like it you know i think let's ask each other this are we probably going to have a gender reveal i think we would i think Mm -hmm. we probably would but it wouldn't be as extravagant as you know the helicopter or the dumbbells or what was it there was another time i saw the baby costumes like the inflatable baby costumes that the babies got into a fight like one was a girl one was a guy one was a boy one was a girl and they like fought each other and the one who won was the gender <laughs> mm-hmm. no just... like gen- gender reveals can be good it's just make them reasonable and like you said there's people out there that can't have children and it does you know they see videos like that even if they don't know that you're if like if they're a good friend of yours or you don't know them that well mm-hmm. like it, it could put them in a bad mood. So, again, I'm not saying don't make gender reveal videos because, you, you know, like, you know, you're not going to please everyone. But, d- like, they don't need to be this over the top. Like, yeah. it, it, this is a gender reveal is an ins- insignificant time of, the, you know, the whole pregnancy. You just be getting ready to be a parent and prepare for that. I think the classiest of ways that I can think of is having a cake. Mm-hmm. And it's almost kind of like your wedding, like cutting it together. And the Absolutely. inside of the cake is the color. Like, I feel like that'd be the most classiest of ways to do it instead of this big. Or even the streamers, too. Like, you know, the, the twists, like the streamers. Yeah, or twists, like popping like, a balloon. Like, that, yeah. that's cool, too. Just, just keep it reasonable. There's no need to go clout chasing for your kid. Yeah, because even then, like 20 years down the road, were you that kid that had <laughs> that gender reveal? Yes. And you're like... I wasn't even ex- I wasn't even born yet. Like, why yes. are you asking me this question? <laughs> yes, like it's it's an exciting time, but like no one's like gonna remember. Like, oh yeah, like I remember like that. Like, no, no one's gonna remember that. There's been so many of them; they just blend all together into one. Yeah, no, it's just be happy you're you're giving life and yes. you're you know you're becoming yes. a parent because that's probably one of the coolest things that you could do. Not now, but no. but later in life, like <laughs> in time. Could you imagine having kids on this podcast, like having our no. own like sons and daughters on this podcast? Maybe I, that'll be a thing eventually. Not eventually, like that's later when like we're yes. in houses together and like yes. I, I'm actually in a house that I have a mortgage with, and like you're out of your own parents' house, and like you're having like a wife and kids. Like they could have their own podcast. We could. Our kids could have a podcast. Oh my! Together. Could you imagine oh our gosh. kids? Oh my god! Funny, could you it's imagine? Called funny, and it's called Funny Business Junior. <laughs> Could Bam. you imagine we being best friends, like introducing our sons and daughters together, and they start a freaking podcast? I that'd be too good. To be <laughs> well, future. I guess apparently Matt likes to call future Jimmy. my future future Jimmy. Future Jimmy. Oh man, future Jimmy and uh, I'll throw Matt a name. Future Wesley. If you two are listening to this podcast, twenty, thirty, forty years. I don't know, 50 years down the road, depending on when life takes us. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> when we come back, Matt has his sports topics for today. Don't go anywhere. Okay, let's slide into the sports segments for today. Not a whole lot going on in the world of sports. It's a weird time. It's It seems like sports are coming back, but at the same time, COVID's coming in, like, not so fast, so we have no idea what's going to happen. Well, curveball. This, is, this isn't the, <laughs> this is not the start of the sports segments, but did you see J.R. Smith is going to the Lakers? I did see that, actually. So I, we have, we have J.R. Smith back with LeBron. We have For sports. those of you who don't remember, uh, J.R. Smith dribbled out the clock in game one of the finals because he didn't know how much time was left, and they lost the game and the series. And also, people forget that year, as a quick side note, he got suspended that year for throwing a bowl of soup at an assistant coach. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. Yes. Yeah. It was like middle of the season. He got in an argument with his one of the assistant coaches, and he threw a bowl of soup at him, and he got suspended. Oh, my God. So it's great that J.R. Smith's back in the league. But anyway, on to the first segment. 
Uh, so there was an article, not really an article, but we have another list for you guys, but it's not a list that we've made. So Barstool Sports last week tweeted out a graphic of the top 20 most difficult sports feats or accomplishments. And this was voted on, let me get the name right here, by the Na- Association of National Unbiased Statistics. So wow. it wasn't just like they created their own list, which I thought it was at first. Like this is an actual list that people voted on. And it's got some hot takes. So I'm not going to go through all 20. What I'll do is I'll say the top 10, we'll dissect, and then we'll go a little bit into 11 to 20. Sure. So number 10 was getting an unassisted triple play in baseball. It's a good start. That number is a nine, good start. Number nine, hitting a major league baseball fastball. Fastball, also tough. Number eight, winning the Daytona 500. Number seven, scoring a hat trick in, uh, hat trick in soccer. The Daytona 500 is NASCAR. Number six is winning eight gold medals in the Olympics. Number five is pitching a perfect game in baseball. Number four is hitting a 7-10 split in bowling. I'm, I'm, I'm going to come back to that one. <laughs> Number three is getting four straight Super Bowl appearances. Uh, number two is scoring 100 points in a basketball game, which has only ever been done once. And number one is winning the Triple Crown in horse racing, which is winning the Kentucky Derby, the Preakness Stakes, and the Belmont Stakes. Uh, wh- where do you want to start with this list? I, I think it's... we need to start with number four. Yeah, because I feel like I accidentally hit a seven ten split like yes. more times than not when I'm out my friends with with a game of bowling. <laughs> yes. Now I'm not saying bowling's not hard because I have like. I can't bowl that well. I don't think I've ever bowled over 100. That being said, I feel like if you can be decent at bowling, you can hit a 7-10 split. Everything else on this list, you have to be like an expert at doing. Hitting the 7-10 split, I can do in Wii bowling. Like, uh, many people can do this in bowling, I feel like. <laughs> I, I I find it fascinating how that's number four. And, you know, we're we're talking about, you know, we can do it by accident. But then something like pitching a perfect game is actually below that. The amount now I have pitched, I've pitched a no hitter, which I think, yeah, that's get oh coming up complete shutout. That's number nineteen. Sorry to spoil it, but um, you know, as far as a no hitter, I remember how excruciatingly tiresome it was to throw a no hitter in little league. <laughs> Could you, with these people that A, get paid a lot of money, B, are professionals, and C, actually have that capability of throwing 90 mile an hour fastballs and change ups? Well, change ups are 80 miles, 70 miles, uh, curveballs, split balls, knuckle fastballs, like all these things that are very well professional is right below hitting a 710 split. I just, I don't, I don't picture myself saying, you know what? Hitting a 7-10 split is much harder than pitching a perfect game in baseball. There's also, I think, only ever been like 27 perfect games in Major League Baseball history. I would bet that there's more than 27 people that have hit a 7-10 split. So I don't really see the logic there. Um, I also, um, the four straight Super Bowl appearances, I think that should be below a perfect game as well. Because while getting to four straight is true, it's more of a team, like you can be on a good team and like not play as much and still get to four straight Super Bowls where the pitcher does it all for the perfect game. He literally does it all. Well, yeah. I mean, his defense does help him out making plays, but he's the, he's the one in every play that throws the pitch. Yeah, I mean, he's pitcher's the one who's, cro- who's crossing the ball at the plate and putting the ball in play per se. But when it comes to the Super Bowl, I mean, you're looking at now. Now, again, they're taking four Super Bowl appearances in a row. What about the Warriors when it came to the NBA Finals? Like, and the Cavaliers. And the Cavaliers. Like, so how does that vary? Now, everybody's going to say, well, football is much more difficult physically and all that. Okay, yeah, whatever. But that's still four Super Bowl appearances in a row is probably the same caliber as four NBA Finals appearances in a row. On top of that, NBA players have to go through seven games a series where the Super Bowl, there's only one game and one game only. I feel like there is much more 
wear and tear on NBA athletes than there are NFL athletes when it comes to you're shaking your head. I don't like it. I, I, back. Was, <laughs> I, was, I was with you until you got to that point. I don't know about that. But to piggyback off of your point, LeBron went to eight straight finals. That's insane to think of, let alone four. I don't know about the whole wear and tear on basketball compared to football. That's a discussion for a different day. Yeah. Uh, what, what do you feel about number one winning the Triple Crown? Because that happened like a few years ago. Now, it's it's been a while since it happened. But I don't know if I would put that as the toughest sport feat ever. I think looking at it, winning the Triple Crown, I feel like there's a lot of factors that play into it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, when it comes to sports you're really dependent upon the person to make, you know, say number two, scoring 100 points in a game. Whereas number one, you're literally depending it on the horse to do something about it. So you not only have to A, B, B, is it equestrian? Is that is that the correct yes. term? Yep. Yeah. So you have to be a professional equestrian in order for you to A, tend TLC for the horse, tender, loving, and caring for the horse, and B, having that horse to be the fastest horse in the entire track. Like there's so many variables, which like now that I'm speaking about it out loud, I feel like there is much more um, facts with that as far as the variables. But as far as human feet, I feel like triple crown kind of gets away with it because you're dealing with another factor, which is a horse. (laughs) Yeah. And I guess it's tough because like not every horse races for like years and years and years. So you can't get comfortable with the same horse. So I, I agree with it in the top 10. I don't know if I'd have it at number one. No. Now, let's let's move on to 11 through 20. Um, I guess I'll just go through them as well, too. Uh, so number 20 is being the bench warmer and getting a high five from the star player. This is where I thought the list was a joke coming in at number 20. <laughs> uh, number 19, pitching a complete game shutout, which is similar to the perfect game. Number 18 is respecting the sanctity of marriage. And they put Carmelo Anthony on, this, on <laughs> as a picture next to it. I don't know why. <laughs> Coming in at number 17 is winning the Fortnite World Cup. Uh, I think we can both agree that it's difficult. I don't think I would put it anywhere close to this list. Uh, number 16 is curling. Period. Just the, just the sport of curling. <laughs> number 15 is winning the Grand Slam in golf. So the Grand Slam in golf is winning all four majors in the same year. Or I think it's just consecutive majors. Uh, number 14 is getting a hole-in-one in disc golf. Not regular golf. Disc golf. Number 13 is a five-second knockout in MMA. Number 12 is getting a quadruple double. And then number 11, we have Mike's most favorite NBA player, would be getting scoring a bucket off of Draymond Green. Um, I'm going to go first here. I think getting a quadruple double should be in the top ten because that's something you like never see in the NBA and like you never have seen in the NBA. So I would actually put that harder than getting the unassisted triple play in baseball, which is also the both very rare. But there's so many factors. I there's factors that can go into both, but I feel like you need a lot more skill to get the quadruple double than you do to get the unassisted triple play in baseball. Well, and even with the unassisted triple play, Matt, um, most of the time when it comes to that, it happens in a situation. Whereas NBA getting a quadruple double, like that's a game. Like with the, the unassisted triple play, you know, I'm trying to picture it now. It's like shortstop catches a pop up catches it steps on second and then throws it to first because the person thought the person was going to get it like no that wouldn't even be an assistant triple play so the, he would have to catch it step on the bag and then oh the gosh. runner on first would have to be at second he would have to tag him so even that like that's truly you know my apologies for that i screwed up on that but that that's truly a situational thing whereas like nba you're either scoring points you're getting rebounds you're getting assists you're getting steals you're getting blocks like you have to do that in the game and there's no situation that occurs unless it's the team that just doesn't do well that gives you that opportunity to do so. And I completely agree with you is probably switching those up. Yes. Um, how do we feel about just having the sport of curling on here? I heard I have heard curling and, and, and I'm sure anybody else can can assist and, and assert themselves with this this response. But I heard curling is the most skilled sport out of all sports. 
and I'm willing to take that take. I, I agree with that, but I also feel like if I could practice it for like a month, I feel like I could be really good at it. I feel like there's a lot more finesse, and I feel like that's, I mean, yes, finesse is in a lot of sports, but like finesse is curling. Like curling is finesse. Like that's something that you have to achieve 100% every time, each and every day for that. So, yeah, I, I just, I don't know why having a sport in here is. I, I just thought it'd be something in the sport. I don't know if there's like some type of seven ten split thing in curling. Um, anything else on this list that pops out to you? The five second knockout I think should also be a lot higher because that like never happens. I think again, it's it's situational. Like it really depends on like you know. It, I think both of us. What was it? We were talking about UFC the other week. Um, you know, MMA. It's kind of like who you're going up against, and like you totally have that guy totally scouted totally you know studied you can get a five second knockout now i'm not saying that it's super easy (laughs) but like i think the one thing that that bothers me the most which is obvious is (laughs) number 11 scoring a bucket on draymond green i hate that i have to say that but i just have to like there's so many i don't understand they're making it like he's the best defender in NBA history he's a great defender one of like top five in the nba but People have scored on him before. And now granted they're NBA players, but you could someone could get a bucket on him. Like this is that's it's BS. You have Kawhi Leonard who shut down LeBron James in the finals back when he was playing for the Heat, and he's not a person that you can't the claw, literally the guy who gets called the claw because of his defense. Like I, 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 I don't believe that, and not just because I hate Draymond, it's just because it's I wouldn't I wouldn't like it if they put anyone on this list because yeah. at any point in time you can score a bucket on someone like it happens in the NBA it can happen to anyone. Yeah. Um, the only other admission I know they had the hole in one in disc golf, hole in one in regular golf. Yeah, I feel like that could be on here as well because I I, I, I suck at golf and I know how hard it is to get a hole in one because <laughs> I've never gotten one. So oh, that's yeah. our list. We'll tweet this out later this week so you guys can see the list and. I hope we can have some more discussions about it. But moving on to our second topic. So with sports coming back, there's obviously a lot of new rules coming into play, whether it's, you know, safety rules or health rules or in Major League Baseball. When they come back this year, they're going to have a universal DH. So no pitcher is going to be batting. Uh, So there's a lot of new things coming into play. So it got me thinking, Mike, what is one rule that you would add to any sport right now? You look like you have a spicy one that that's rolling in your head. It's it's a major spicy one, let me tell you, Matt. Um, okay. It's going to flip the game, if I'm being completely honest. So um, this was actually inspired by me when I first started playing basketball all the way back in fifth grade. So that's about 2005 for those who are keeping track at home. So I played a scrimmage against a team that like you usually don't play like during the season like usually scrimmages you play against teams that you don't usually play during the season just to compare yourself as far as being a team um was very new to the game never understood the the nuances of you know the sense of getting the ball out of bounds and and all this stuff the one thing that i completely almost made a mistake on is in hockey the substitutions, how that work out is when the player comes over, boom, substitution happens. My rule, <laughs> again, spicy take, in basketball is having the same substitution method as if it was hockey. Ooh, that's interesting. I kind of like that. <laughs> Just thinking like how fast the game of basketball is, imagining how quickly, you know, it, it's almost that the game would be much faster um, the communication would be much more intense when you're trying to substitution in for a game. Like, foul shots in the sense, like, yeah, you can switch in and out whenever, but, you know, ball goes out of bounds, you're switching because the referee would have more time instead of just holding his hand up, waiting for the ball to be inbounded. Literally, it's, okay, referee's going to pick it up, going to hand it to you, okay, go. Like, the game's going to go much, so much faster, and there's going to be less stoppage time as far as the game itself. I like it. My only con- only concern would be like teams could just cherry pick, and then when they get the reball, like or the, when they get the rebound, they can just outlet it to the guy that just came in the floor. But it would be cool. Maybe like a team would like keep one guy back, and then it would be like four on four, basically. That, that I don't, I don't hate it. 
I feel like you could you could assert a, a rule in as far as like ball has to be ball has to be in the team has to be in the half court. I don't know how to explain this properly, but like you can't you can't sub in somebody who's in the back court to sub in somebody who's in the front court. Like you technically have to be on your side of the bench in order for the substitution to occur, unless it's foul shots. Wow, I can't believe I just made up a rule. <laughs> that, that, I like that. I think that'd be cool. It, it would bring something new to the game. Now, however, your your sense of cherry picking, I honestly don't mind that. If I'm being completely honest, like getting a quick bucket, I mean, it would be it would be challenging because most of the game would be just tossing in rebounds for for cherry picks. But I I I'm not too negative about going the opposite way for a cherry pick but i feel like to handle that you have to be on your bench's side in order for you to make a substitution for your yeah. your sub uh, the cherry picking would become an issue when it's the nba finals and some team wins on a cherry picking play that's where <laughs> i fall but I, I actually do really like that idea i think that'd be pretty cool so for mine i'll throw two out there i have one basketball one and i'll do one football Ooh. one so okay, the basketball is. one if you shoot it from back behind half court and make it, it's four points. So where would extend? So basically, so when it comes down to like the final possession, like a four point game is a one possession game, because you guys, you got guys like Steph Curry and Trey Young that are almost pulling up from the logo. So here's where the the change of play comes in. They might have to start guarding them like three quarters court. Like basically full pressing them because if they just pull up from beyond half court, there's they could hit four points. So <laughs> it's almost like you're saying the uh, the famous four point uh, spot that the Harlem Globetrotters have. Yes, yes, but they all, I think they also it. have that. They have that in the big three too, like the three on three tournament that they do with old NBA players. They have a spot like that. But this would be like it doesn't matter if you take. One step in in or behind the line, or if you're at the other baseline, all shots are four points. I quick little sidebar, and this is the only time I'll ever bring it up. I actually missed when I was playing for them a four point play. I was so I was so close. I hit the back rim. It was close. It was close. I it got was. really excited. It, I I would have said I would have been able to achieve that. I've that I've hit a four pointer before, but um, now they actually have it as as a line now. So anything like you're saying beyond the three point line. They actually have it as a line now instead of two separate spots. I didn't know that. I kind of like that. Mm-hmm. So anything be behind, like you said, anything behind is a, is four points. I like that. I think I think that's that's something that realistically could happen because Adam Silver's are all about like making the game newer and better, and I think that would bring more intrigue into it. So hockey substitutions and a four point play. <laughs> yes, and then my football one. I'll throw a football one out there. So I hate NFL overtime rules. Because it doesn't guarantee that both teams get the ball. And what I do love is college football overtime rules. Where they each get a possession on the other team's 25-yard line or 30-yard line. And then you know it just goes until each team gets possession and it's not tied anymore. I would make that in the NFL. I, I, don't, like, I know a lot of people don't like the college football overtime rules. But it would be better than what the NFL has now. And it would bring a lot more intrigue into it because realistically, realistically thinking, NFL teams should all be able to score a touchdown with, at the twenty-five yard line, but it's not going to always happen. No, it it definitely won't. It won't but I I have witnessed a, an overtime for college. I mean, I think every you and I both have witnessed college overtimes. But even back at our university that we went to, um, they did an overtime with one of our local schools, and it was the most intense thing you have ever witnessed in a lifetime because it was, I believe it was for the MAC conference, and it was for a playoff spot. Like, all these, like, stipulations, and it came all the way down to overtime, baby. So the amount of stress and the amount of pressure that um, both teams had based on the college rules of both gets a possession, and, you know, in that sense, like, it's... It's crazy, and I, I I agree with you. I I feel like there's never a chance for both teams to have an opportunity in the NFL because again, we're dealing with two great professional football teams that one never gets the opportunity because the other one gets the short end of the stick. And it's also like there's been a big like uh, lack of good kicking in the NFL the last few years, so it would put a lot more pressure on the offense to score a touchdown, especially if you get the first possession. If you score a touchdown, all you got to do is just hold them if you're the defense. 
Yeah. Like it would add a lot more pressure into overtime. And it, it would just, anything's better than this overtime rule where, you know, both teams might not get the ball. Yeah. I, I feel like that's completely fair. So um, I'm trying to think like football. I really don't have much of a football rule itself. But they've been, they've been debating getting rid of the kickoff. And instead, um, if you score a touchdown or a field goal, you can go for like a fourth and 15 from your own 30. And if you convert it, you get the ball back where the ball is. But if you don't, the other team gets the ball like at your 30. Interesting. Because I guess the kickoff can be a little dangerous. Like it's a very dangerous play. Um, the XFL had a really cool kickoff idea that was I loved a lot. And I think the NFL, if they don't get rid of the kickoff totally, they should do that because it didn't seem like there was a lot of injuries. Um, but that would be something else that I would consider. And they are considering it. I don't think we're going to have kickoff in the NFL for that much longer. Yeah. I mean, we're going to see the game evolve. I mean, with baseball too, we're looking at pitching clocks, like as far as like how, how long a pitcher has time on the mound, as far as getting the ball in play. Um, just looking, I think our commissioners, as much as we, we like to, you know, disgrace them and, and praise them. It's, uh, scrutinize them i should say i i feel like there there is a sense of advancement and there's a sense of uh yeah advancement and intuition ambition ambition that's the word i'm looking for sense of ambition as far as changing the game and making it interesting for the fans this is also the first year in baseball i don't know if you saw this rule change where a pitcher if he comes in like in the middle of an inning or even to start off an inning he has to face a minimum of three batters Really? So so basically you can't just if you have a left-handed hitter and you want to bring in a lefty pitcher, he can't just face that guy. Now if he gets if he comes in for the final out of the inning, I don't think he has to go out for the next inning. So if the inning ends, it's like it's over, but if he comes in with one out left, he has to face at least three batters or to end the inning. I find that I find that fair because that's just like in the the idea of, you know, oh, we're just going to throw this pitcher in for for one batter because you know technically he statistically hasn't done well against a left-handed pitcher so i find that rule to be completely legitimate as far as that yeah i i i think they put it in because they want to try to speed up the game no i don't know how much that's really going to speed up the game but i don't i don't hate it either because then it does make left-handed pitchers especially this is basically what the rule was for left-handed pitchers who only came in to face left-handed batters yeah it makes them become an all-around pitcher i don't hate it Absolutely. Yep. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time of the podcast. It's time for Take It. So for today, I have one that uh, I don't know how you're going to feel about it because I don't know if many people know this. Really? Because I'm definitely right about this one. I'm just gonna go, <laughs> like I'm you just gonna were go. right about wait, you were right about Batman was a superhero. Like I was correct about uh-uh. that one as well. Yes, he was. He is a superhero. Anyway, so <laughs> I'm just gonna dive right into it. How do you peel your banana from the top <laughs> or the bottom? I'm assuming. How do you peel your banana from the top or the bottom? The bottom. But you're supposed to peel it from the top. It's easier to peel from the bottom. But but you peel that's you peel from the top. Okay, give me an explanation. That's how you do. I have a banana right here. I'm going to show you. <laughs> came prepared, people. Came prepared. So if you want to watch this demonstration, go on our YouTube page, and you can see me opening up the banana. Okay. So here's what I'm going to do. Do not open it all the way. I want you to open it on both sides. Okay. So I'll start from the top. Yep, start from the top. So, so I'm just going to pinch the top. Now, now let's let's say it, ladies and gentlemen. This banana is not super... Uh, it's not super ripe. It's not super ripe. No. Nope. It's not super... What's the, the it's, word? It's, for, it's a little... It's not brown. It's not green. It's no, a nice it, yellow. Yes, nice yellow. Yep. It's got little brown spots on it. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to go from the top. So I'm just okay. going to pinch the top. Pinch. Now you already see there's separation here. Okay. So you just separate it. Separate the top. Ew, you do it weirder than I would if I did it on the top. <laughs> now you just peel one side. Okay. You peel the other. It's already peeled. You got a so pair you of do it, You do it in two... Two, two moves. Two, you just, you just pinch guess, and pull. I guess this is even a bigger question. Matt peels his banana, so it's there's two flaps. 
Well, yeah, it's, it's easy because it's so two flaps. I actually do it in four flaps. Exactly, but this is easier. You just peel down the side, and then you're already. It's like it's it's super easy. Okay. You just have to peel twice. Show me how you do it. Do it on the bottom. How are you supposed to do it on the bottom? Okay, so do the same exact Hold thing on, that my, you just. My banana got caught in my microphone. <laughs> is that a banana in your microphone, or are you just excited to see me? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> how am I supposed to do this? Well, do you you got to sa- walk me through this. Do the same exact way you did it with the the way you did it on top. All right, so I'll pinch. You see me pinching. See, but it won't separate from the bottom. I gotta use two hands. Like the you little the nub hands. the nub the nub you at the bottom, it won't separate. Hands. Oh, alright, I got it. I got it. Uh-huh. Right, there's one. Alright, so it's about the same. <laughs> now I have a banana open on both ends and I have to <laughs> hold it in the middle. The weirdest banana I've seen. <laughs> Wait, please, ladies and gentlemen, please go on the YouTube page so you can watch this. <laughs> All right. I've never seen a banana open up on both sides and the Okay, but here's the off. other thing, like why you open from the top. You always get that little gnarly piece at the bottom. Well, why don't you you could just remove it. Yeah, but then your fingers get all sticky. Because we, your fingers aren't going to be sticky anyway to begin with when you pull no, it No, because if you peel the banana open, like you don't have as much stickiness on you. If I have to reach my hand in the banana, look at that. Look at this banana. Look how sticky that is. Like, Matt, and my hands are going to get all messed up. Then I got to wash my hands and I got to put the banana down. It's a whole process. Matt, why are you showing me your banana? I'm showing you a banana. <laughs> like, the coin from the why top was your, so much better. Why is your hand sticky, Matt? Because I touched the open banana. Because you want me to, to stick my hand in there and rip off the gnarly part at the bottom. <laughs> I feel like we have to we have to do a test with, like, a green banana versus a really ripe banana. And see, because I have found that if I cannot get the banana open from the top, there is a 95% success rate within opening it from the bottom. But who who can't open a banana from the top? You can always open a banana from the top. I, always. I've, I've opened up, I've, I was actually told that you should open the banana up from the bottom if you can't open it from the top. But everyone can open it from the top. So here's life bigger question. Why why does a banana have two sides to it? Why does it have a top? Why does it have a bottom? Or why is it bottom or top? Whatever you call it. Like Because everything has a bottom and a top. Because the top grows from the stem. Okay. But I feel like both ends have the same weak points. Like it's almost like kind of cutting in the banana. Like you have to get a knife to cut in the banana in the middle. <laughs> now we're talking about opening from the middle. <laughs> Just eating it like... You open I, it from the top. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I, I have to reaffirm Matt's plug into going on the YouTube page. I'm just awkwardly holding He's this really banana. I don't know what to do with it. holding the freaking banana. <laughs> I'm not going to eat this in the middle of the podcast. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm cracking This is up. what happens when you make me open it from the bottom. Well, this is what happens when you do demonstrations on the on an audio podcast. Listen, I didn't think I was going to have to open it from both ends. Anyway, I feel like there's a time and place for everything, and I feel like if you're having struggle, struggles and difficulties opening a banana, you can always open it from the bottom. I guess that's a life lesson. There's always two ways to do something. Always. <laughs> As Matt takes a bite in the banana, so... I'm not going to waste. Well, yeah, I mean, especially when you have it opened up like that. Good luck trying to, to open it up, like, all the way. Like, Yeah, I'm not, I'm not excited about this <laughs> Well, I guess as Matt awkwardly holds that banana, I feel like that concludes uh, today's episode of the Funny Business Podcast. Um, Matt is finding out that he's finding hair, I guess, in his banana. That was a string. Oh, that was a string. Oh, those are disgusting. Yeah, they suck. At least we can both agree that the strings of the banana are disgusting. That's the worst part of the banana. Well, guys, make sure you tune in to next week again. Again, apologies for for our schedules. It obviously didn't work out that way that it should. Um, However... We're still planning on it. We will get it to you sometime. Um, however, Matt, a little announcement. First of all, actually, happy 4th of July to everybody because yes. this is, you know, upcoming holiday. So another holiday podcast for you. So, uh, Matt, on a scale of 1 to 10, how free of you tonight? I'm sure it's a 1776. 1776. So <laughs> should be another topic, pick up lines that we've heard. Um, <laughs> so that's a good Matt, one. 
Matt has finally realized how to live stream. So yep. for those who are have been watching us on live stream, first of all, thank you. Um, second, if you've been wanting to find out what Matt's perspective is like when we play Fortnite, um, please feel free to join him. He usually live streams on our YouTube page, so make sure on top of watching this podcast, make sure you watch some of our live streams that happen. We try to do it every once a week, whether it's just the both of us, myself, or Matt, depending on our schedules. Um, thank you for leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts, if you can, or leaving us a five-star rating. Uh, that helps the podcast grow and get to other people that want to see it. Um, again, we do put out polls for our Take It segments and other of our topics as far as letting to know what you really feel about some of our topics. Um, so be sure to follow us on Funny Business Entertainment on Facebook and Instagram and Funny Business EN on Twitter. Um, other than that, guys, please stay safe. Don't be stupid with fireworks. And we will see you guys on the next episode. Stay safe, everyone. <laughs>